0: Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. Today is Wednesday, February the 7th, 2024, and we've got a great show for you, as always. Joining me, as always, 60% of the time, Mr. Cole Pinkston Mr. J. and Mr. How about you, fellas? How
1: about you? How about you, big dog? I'm trying to have a new mic today. You know, oh. we, we had some technical difficulties the other night. had some family had some family drama going on. I had to dip out on the live show. Glad to be here with you two guys today, though. Um, talk a little recruiting. Yeah, we did lose you on the, during the call-in show. I had uh, forgotten. You know, we, we we
0: lost a lot of content without you, Head. We're going to get to that soon. Uh, before we do, like I said, we got a new commitment to talk about. We've got a, uh, some visitors that visited on Saturday to talk about. Uh, the NCAA case versus Virginia and Tennessee, uh, new revelation in that case. And then we're going to get to some questions from the corner. But before we do, I want to say uh, hello. Fresh is still on the market, folks. And uh, if you haven't already, take advantage of this right here. What is HelloFresh? Well, you know what it is. You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip through all the grocery store lines and the BS and make home cooking easy, fun. It is fun. And affordable, it sure is, absolutely. it's why America's number one deal. Uh, whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year, yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes to price you'll like. You know, it comes in a box, refrigerated box, real cool. Packed with farm fresh ingredients and everything arrives pre portioned. All you got to do is put it together, follow the instructions. You can impress your lady. I ain't going to lie to you. You can impress your lady. Also, uh, we've got a, a special deal going now for uh, for all the Auburn Live listeners. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Auburn Live Free. That's all one word, all lowercase. Auburn Live Free and use that code for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box. while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Auburn Live Free. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you how about you to, uh, E Moss, Cole? Do you see E Moss jump in there? He had that shepherd's pie. Yeah. Mm. He had a, he had a, he had a video of him making shepherd's pie with the instructions and all the pre portioned ingredients made it up, was, to, was talking big time about it. I haven't tried the shepherd's pie. Uh, we're still, uh, we had the piece of, piece of fondue and, uh, the taco. Um, so the kids love it and it makes you uh makes you look like you know what you're doing once you get finished. So y'all go to HelloFresh.com dot com slash Auburn Free. Use that promo code Auburn Free. That's all one word, all lowercase. Get free breakfast for life. All right. Yeah, the thing right. about the shepherd's pie, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, you I, like that? I don't like shepherd's pie, but I've had the HelloFresh one. I picked the peas out or whatever. Yeah, but I, I absolutely loved it. Really? Yeah. Look at you. So, the, I mean, the English peas. Yeah, I don't like that part. I hear you. English peas, uh, they were a staple in our Sunday dinners growing up. Never was a fan. My mom always took a, you know, a, a spoonful of uh, English peas and uh,
1: put them in our mashed potatoes. My brother used to scatter them across his plate, make it look like he actually ate them. Realistically, just dispersed them in strategic areas. <laughs> I don't, I don't them
0: alone, but for some reason in the shepherd's pie, I don't like that. I don't know what it is. They're very bland to me. They don't have much of a, you know, if I'm going to have a pea, give me the black eye. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Black eye peas, my goodness, son. You know, of course, you can, you know, the broth and the pepper mm-hmm. sauce and oh, all that I kind of stuff. In there. Yes.
1: Uh, everything of mine has had. Like, I do a meat broth that I do for 20 minutes, and then I cook my vegetables in it. Oh, there you
0: go. Okay, I like it. Uh, one thing Auburn fans will like this week on Tuesday, Hollis-Davidson, big-time tight end out of yes. Georgia. Committed to Auburn, he is the second tight end in this class, joining Ryan G. Both of these guys were on campus Saturday, and Ryan G. was working very hard along with Ben Agamaya and Logan Bradley to get Hollis Davidson in the class. Two tight ends guys before the first week of February is over. With what kind of guy, Cole? You had a commitment breakdown on Hollis. What's Auburn getting in Hollis? Yeah, well, Hollis. First of all, he threw us off, man. We we talked yep. to him probably a ten minute interview. He talked a lot. And I knew that Auburn had a good shot with him after hearing that, but I didn't think it was going to be that soon, honestly. Uh It sounded like he was going to give all of his top seven a real shot, and he has a lot of good schools in that top seven. Um, I can't remember all of them. Florida, some of these pretty big I – mean, a lot of SEC schools, a lot of schools wanted him. And the reason is because I think you're replacing what you've had at tight end in Luke Deal – um, Brandon Fraser, guys that are good. I, I think they're good football players. I think you're replacing them with a guy that's more athletic. Yeah. That's not a knock on Brandon Fraser or Luke Deal or Tyler Fromm or the guys they've had in the tight end room. It's just a different type of guy. He can run, man. I mean, this is more of a receiver type guy, okay. and that's where he'll start out. He can eventually become a versatile guy that does both, lines up on the line, blocks, but his true value is that receiver. As a receiver, receiving tight end.
1: Definitely some Rivaldo Fairweather to him. Definitely Mm -hmm. some CJ Uzoma to him. And I see CJ as a very favorable comp. You know, it's, again, we talk about this. It's hard to make comps sometimes because you never want to compare him to the guy that was third string, you know, and ended up playing intramurals more than they actually played on the football field. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: But that's what he looks like right now in high school. Very athletic. He's got a, I think his. Father and mother, volleyball background, both at Penn State, if I remember correctly. A lot of Power 5 schools in contention with him. I think uh, Florida State was a big school for him. Penn State was in the mix for him. Miami was in the mix for him. So a lot of really good schools and schools that have produced tight ends, Uh, not just schools that are, you know, Power 5 caliber, but schools that have produced legitimate tight ends and put them in the NFL. So big win for Auburn, Uh, big win for Big Agamai, Logan Bradley also in the mix there. I saw he's the one that threw the eyes up. So good yep. for them, man. Uh, good for them for getting a score this early in the cycle. Ben, unfortunately, had to wait until the transfer portal cycle to pick up his first commitment. Didn't have to wait that long this time. He's got two on the board already. It'll be interesting to see where they go with the third. What do you, I mean, what do you guys think? There? Do you think they're going to go for a third high school? Do you think they'll go to the portal? I do. What do you think they're going to do?
0: I do. Well, I think uh, maybe a Juco guy. Okay. Maybe uh, Maybe a portal guy. I think there's still one more out there. I don't know about high school. I can't see them taking three high school guys, but I think a JUCO or transfer transfer uh, is in the cards for Auburn at the tight end spot in these uh, 2025 class. Yeah, when you have like three guys like, like Frazier, Deal, and Fromm that are all in the same class, it's kind of hard not to replenish your room with the exact same number when you lose all those guys. So you're in sort of a cycle there. Um, but eventually that will break up when you have a guy – like I think Hollis Davison might be where he's got the NFL intangibles and goes a little bit early. So obviously you got Rico Walker and Robota Fairweather. Fairweather would be gone after next season. More than likely, I assume he'll be gone. I think he has to be gone. Rico Walker, a young prospect. You gotta refill that room. So really good job there. Uh Saturday we talked about Hollis Davison being there. Ryan G also was there, Cole. Uh, you talked to uh, several top recruits that were there. Maybe uh, at least a handful of. I, I don't think anybody would argue when I, if I called them elite. You had. I remember Alvin Henderson was there. I remember John Pettyjohn. Of course, he was a. Tw- Pettyjohn's twenty twenty six. No. Twenty five. Yeah. Riley Pettyjohn. What did I say? John. <laughs> John Pettyjohn. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm dyslexic. Uh, John, Betty John. Riley Petty John, Alvin Henderson. Who were some other Cole? Co- um yeah, you had some young guys like Anthony Tank Jones, was a big one. Twenty twenty six guy. Yeah, there you go. That's who I was thinking of. Mobile, T- St. Paul's. Timothy Barrett was there, Jordan yeah. Crawford was there.
1: Tavares Dice, Anquan Feegans. Oh, hey, Feegans, of course. Yes. Hell I talked to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Feagans, uh Jamichael Garrett. Yeah. Was, that's a guy that you need to Probably start paying attention to more. I think Coach Aldridge, uh, Josh Aldridge, loves that guy. Okay. Uh, I tell you, I, I really like. Man, it's a stark difference from what we saw a year ago. They're bringing in ten, twelve guys in January, and I, what'd you say, Jay? had two hundred last January twenty eighth. It was, it was insane. It was, it was it was unmanageable. It was not not good. I mean, it wasn't obviously detrimental, but this is going to be you would think more advantageous for Auburn, more advantageous for the recruit. There was no basketball game Saturday, so they got a lot of one on one time. I think they dispersed around three, two o'clock, three o'clock after being there. They got there early that morning, didn't they, Cole? Uh nine, yeah. Nine o'clock. They started coming in at eight thirty nine, ten in that range. So it was an all day thing. They left, you know, afternoon. And um honestly it was it was kinda had a little bit of a big cat feel. They played the fight song in the lobby for a minute. They they had all the people it was like a, a meet and greet in the lobby for a while, for like an hour. Everybody's just standing around, chilling, talking. Um, you really get a sense that the staff that they have in place right now gets it. It's like you can almost hear, overhear conversations and go, yeah, I mean, they just, they know what they're doing. They're good. They're real good at this relationship thing. Unfortunately, you know, it takes more than just relationships in today's college football recruit.
1: Tell me about it. <laughs> I, you know what I
0: thought was, was yeah. really interesting? You know, yep. we talked last, uh, maybe it was last week when Jeremy Garrett well, was taking the job with the NFL Jaguars. Maybe it was late last week. I don't know that we've done a show since Jeremy Garrett officially took that job. But, man, this is the kind of guy he is. He was there Saturday welcoming in Jordan Crawford welcoming in. Uh, was Malik Autry there? No, he was in uh, Ole Miss, I think, or somewhere. Right. But, anyways, Jeremy Garrett was there talking to those defensive linemen and, and – um First class dude. Uh, Jay, real quick, man, what, what's the latest you're hearing on that defensive line coach? I know they're uh, pretty hot topic right now amongst Auburn fans.
1: Sure. And let's just go off what's been reported at this point. And I think probably the latest and greatest is that Vontrell Williams is a viable candidate to potentially be the defensive line coach. Other known candidates, obviously Rodney Garner, Kyle Pope from Georgia Tech, Rodney Tennessee. Right now, you don't hear as much buzz around them. What was reported today by our very own Justin Hokinson is is to consider Trail Williams a candidate for this position. Nothing's done at this point. Nothing's been announced by Auburn, but I do think it's noteworthy to uh to see the kind of the rise of Vontral Von King Williams, and then his importance in recruiting for this past cycle. I mean, I don't think we can look over that yes. and start talking about the relationship-building part that he's been a part of. Because he's been 1B to Jeremy Garrett's 1A. It, you don't you see both of them together a lot. I know that they've tag team this recruiting class a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Vontrell King-Williams, the football coach. I mean, I can tell you his resume, which is one year as a defensive intern underneath Bo Davis at UTSA, two years as a uh, grad, grad assistant at Eastern Michigan, two years as a defensive line grad assistant underneath Josh Aldridge at Liberty, And then back to Eastern Michigan to run his own room. And then this past year at Auburn as a defensive line analyst. So not the most experienced in the room. But if we took a Pepsi challenge and I gave you the resume, like, let me give you this resume real quick. All right. Grad assistant, two years at Ole Miss. Quality control assistant, one year at Nebraska. Defensive intern, one year at USC defensive line coach one year at Arkansas state. Who would you think I'm talking about?
0: Somebody who's probably still at Arkansas state right now.
1: And I'd be talking about Chris Kiffin because that was his resume before Hugh freeze hired him at Ole Miss.
0: No wow. kidding. Wow.
1: He did the same thing with Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach had zero power five experience before he hired him at Ole Miss. Freddie's obviously going on to have success at Ole Miss and then at Alabama. So, what I'm saying to that is I'm not saying that Von Trump King Williams is a guaranteed grand slam, like he's going to be a premier power five football coach. I, I don't know that to be true. What I am saying is, is that Hugh Freeze, to his credit, has had done a good job of identifying good, young defensive line coaches and that all four of his defensive line coaches that he's picked have gone on to do other things. So we start off with Chris Giffen. Then you go forward to Freddie Roach. Josh Aldridge was his defensive line coach originally at Liberty, now linebacker's coach at Auburn. And then obviously Jeremy Garrett. And Jeremy didn't have the most extensive background either. I mean, I think he was eight years of coaching high school ball, one year as a quality control assistant at Vanderbilt under Derek Mason, two years with Chris Kiffin as an assistant defensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns, and then at Liberty. So we're not talking about guys that are the elite of the elite background. But we're talking about guys that Hugh Freeze said, you know what? They got a little something to them. I like the way they go about this. They're good recruiters. They're good men. They're good coaches. They don't have the background of some of these other guys, but I believe they can do it. And if the head man identifies you that way, I think that gives you confidence with his background of of picking guys. It gives you a little bit of confidence that, okay, this has a chance to work. And I would only advocate that if Vontrell King-Williams is the pick, that fans be patient enough to let a year go by before you judge that selection and let, you know what I mean, base it off what he does at Auburn and not necessarily what he accomplished prior to getting here.
0: Completely agree. I, I love Vontrell King-Williams. He has been uh, <clears throat> as noticeable and present when, at these recruiting events that we're, we're able to attend than I think basically anybody, maybe besides Trevon, Trevon Reed over the past year. Yep, totally. I mean, if, if – you saw Vontrell King Williams. He was everywhere, and you talk to some of these recruits, and they will mention him. He's got very good relationships. He works like Jay, uh, Jay had said uh, in, in tandem there with Jeremy Garrett. He he has, and uh, I think it would do a lot to, uh, to solidify some of these guys that are committed in this 2025 class. If you were to keep on Vontral King Williams, not not a reason to to hire him, but uh, certainly would help. Um, I I think it would be. I, he he's a fantastic guy, and uh, he he. For what it's worth, he would have my blessing,
1: and I think he's very popular in the locker room with the current very team. well, very like a, and I think that is important that the culture has been set in that room, and that he would be kind of a continuation of that again, and I would lean on Cole's opinion here and far more so than myself, but I don't know what kind of coach he is, you know what I mean I think it's just a yeah. little bit unknown at this point. If I told you I knew what kind of coach he was, I'd be lying because I haven't watched a down a tape of what he did at Eastern Michigan, not a bit. I know that that was a bowl team and that they were a good defensive team overall, but what their defensive line looked like, I have zero idea.
0: Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Um, I don't, know. I don't yeah.
0: know about Eastern Michigan. I, I just know that I have seen him in action, you know, at practice, spring practices. He He shared a good bit of the load with Jeremy Garrett the past year, so it's not like that would be new to him. He's very hands-on. He's not the guy sitting over here behind the line going – just observing, he he's in yeah. there with him, and he's already worked with the guys that are on the roster right now. So it's not it's not like he's a brand new guy coming in. He he'll have some familiarity with that if he's the guy. And look, I mean, I hate to be blunt here, but it, 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 defensive line is one of the positions that schools are willing to put a lot of NIL resources into. Sure, because it's 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 a position that's draft heavy. It's a position that. Uh, you have to have in order to win. Um, no offense to other positions, but you know, but you got to have it. it. It's, it's, it can really make or break you if your defensive line is good or bad. And I think what you need there is a, a good hands on coach and somebody that can develop stars big time. Got to have big stars. You got to have guys like Jordan Crawford who's committed right now. Guys, I, I, I'm telling you. Position coaches matter, and and they do, but there's also a lot out of their control in today's college football recruiting world with the NIL thing. There really is. There's a lot out of their control that they can't control. They can get the relationship. Sometimes that's not enough, and they would tell you the same. Yeah, we saw that with uh, Cam Franklin, his past class. Absolutely. I know, you know, everybody kind of wants that big name splash. That's what everybody kind of wants always, but that doesn't necessarily – Mean, oh, well, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That's not necessarily a, a, as advantageous as might have been five years ago. Right. It's changing, man. It, it, not, and it's not necessarily synonymous with being good on the defensive line either. It's, that's it is. I, I think things are changing a lot. And a, a guy who's still yet to be in a position like the Auburn defensive line coach, like Vontrell King-Williams, could still be really successful. I wouldn't count him out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, one thing, we had a question Sunday night. Jayhead wasn't with us, and he is our uh, de facto NIL expert. Uh, but the question was about the the NCAA or the t- Tennessee and Virginia versus the NCAA when it comes to uh, NIL. And uh, on Tuesday, February the 6th, Tennessee and Virginia's request for a temporary restraining order against the NCAA was denied. The TRO would have lifted the NCAA's ban on athletes talking to collectives the, during NIL, uh, about NIL during their recruitment. As it stands right now, technically, recruits can't talk to about their salary or about their compensation or about their NIL. So, they, they, it,
1: yeah, they can talk to them, but what they can't say is this is specific, it can't be a recruiting inducement, right? Like they can okay. say, hey, this
0: is the tip. Yeah, I was wondering thing. about that. They okay. can
1: talk. Right. They can have this is the typical framework of a deal. This is like, you know, essentially this is what people that are presently on the team. are. Yes, there you go. But it cannot be an offer deal to them in the way of an incentive or inducement to cause their recruitment to be altered in any way tilted towards your school. And so what that case is centered around specifically that one uh, from the NCAA standpoint, from the investigation. The Tennessee investigation stems around the recruitment of Nico. I think it's I am Aleva, I think is how you say his name. And then the use of a private plane to fly him to from for, uh, Spire Sports. Spire Sports is the official Tennessee collective and has multiple in Tennessee boosters attached to it that fund that collective. And thus, the NCAA is drawing the line of the old booster rule, essentially saying that there. are their part in this, their regardless of what the NIL framework was, their association with this made it basically fruit of the ill-gotten tree and more or less than they shouldn't have been able to offer the benefits they did to get him to come and sign that deal with Spire Sports. Mm. That said, like you said, the judge issued a denial of the TRO. They're now moving forward for a temporary injunction, which will be on February the thirteenth. That said, the judge in that case did make a note that they feel that the end all be all will be that they will side with, yeah, uh, you know, with the Tennessee. I think it's I think it's the Attorney General for the state of Tennessee and the Attorney General for the state of Virginia that filed this on behalf of the universities and their potential collectives. I think they're planning on, or what they're saying is, is this, the statute there, or the precedent has already been set that they're going to side with them, but they see no. Damage being done presently to the University of Tennessee and or any irre- irreparable damage being done to the University of Virginia and or those collectives as things presently stand. So all NIL rules will remain in place. You said, would, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. I was going to read you the quote from the judge. Uh, the plaintiffs in this case, being Tennessee and Virginia, the two states, uh, considering the evidence currently before the court, plaintiffs, the states, are likely to succeed on the merits of their claim under the Sherman Act. So, like you said, Jay, the judge is going, "Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty good," but uh, but failed to demonstrate at this juncture the the requisite irreparable harm yep. for the issuance of the TRO.
1: Correct. And that's the key piece in this. So I think people need to not necessarily worry about this case. And realistically, because it was kind of a convoluted question you guys got asked, uh, the member that called in was asking about the House case in addition to the Tennessee case. So they were asking two separate question, or questions. And that's the one that's kind of the straw that's going to stir the drink. The House case is Grant House essentially versus the NCAA, a former Arizona State swimmer uh, where they have filed more or less for NIL back pay for athletes that were unable to use their name, image, and likeness prior to 2021 when all that came about. Um, Ross Dellinger has covered this better than anyone. This is the case that's going to kind of shape the format moving forward for player compensation because of essentially the judge that's in the case, Judge Claudia Wilkin, who was also the judge in the same case of Ed O'Bannon, in the Ed O'Bannon trial where they declared that NIL should be allowed for college athletes. She has a very, how should I say, um, player-centric view as it pertains to players and employees. And so they're asking for millions upon millions of dollars um, and potentially even billions um, in this case if the NCAA is not able to settle, which would be a relatively large settlement, but what they want more than anything is transition as it pertains to revenue share, as it pertains to contract employment status for NCAA athletes. All this is relatively problematic because of the involvement in Title IX and there being fair equity and sharing amongst men's and women's sports. And for those that don't understand how an athletic department is run, there's essentially a nonprofit. Okay, there are two sports that typically generate revenue. It is football and men's basketball and everything else realistically runs at a deficit. So the proceeds from football and basketball pretty much pay for everything else the athletic department. That goes to coaching salaries, travel, infrastructure, everything. When you start doing a revenue split, that takes money out of the pot that pays for these other sports. So how they get around all this, I have no idea. My guess is, is that you're going to have a spinoff of football and basketball at some level, whether you have a breakaway of the NCAA, of the SEC and the Big Ten, and then they have like – Those basketball teams, or those football teams do a licensing agreement with the university and thus they're they're kind of outside of the university purview and thus no longer susceptible to Title IX. Don't know how they're going to do it. It's going to be complicated. People far smarter than me are going to adjudicate this. But that is the case that's going to shape legislature moving forward as it pertains to student athlete employment and how all that's going to work. So that's the one to watch. The Tennessee case, I think this is really going to blow over, to be honest. I think it's much to do about nothing. And realistically, they're going to wait on some of these other cases that are actually ongoing right now that are further down the line that are really going to kind of shape what's going to happen in the NIL space. Well,
0: there you go. Uh, That's that's basically what me and Cole said the other night. (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's see let's get some questions from the corner I know our uh, subscribers at Auburn Live on 3 have questions each week we like to get to as many as possible and uh, Rice DP getting us started 105 not to be confused with Rice DP 106 or Evil Rice uh, if yeah. Von King-Williams is the D-line coach hire how do you foresee that playing out with the 2025 recruiting uh, With uh, mentioned briefly earlier during that conversation about uh, Von King-Williams Montreal King-Williams, he's got that relationship, those relationships established already with all four of these guys that are committed. And that would it would be the smoothest, I would imagine, of the guys that we've heard, it would be the smoothest transition for those guys as well as the 2024 guys as well as the guys already on the team.
1: Agreed. I mean, I, I, Cole, I want to hear your opinion because I think you're as tied in on this as anybody, but I think you probably keep the class intact at least for the time being. Now, right. if the team slides backwards this year and the performance on the field is not commensurate with where, you know, negative recruiting takes over and it's really tough to hold guys in the class at that point, then, yeah, I think you could see it fall apart. But right now, I think he probably holds everything in check, you know, because what's your biggest flight risk, Malik Altry, probably, at this point?
0: I don't think if they lost anybody after the season, I don't see it being King Williams's... Fault. No. I, I don't see people leaving going, oh man, you know, Jeremy Garrett left and I'm just out. Well, not if they're starting two and five on the season or something like you just mentioned.
1: Yeah. I mean, if that if that happens, then, you know, you're in a Billy Napier type situation and realistically you're fighting everybody. You know, it's not just vontro King Williams. It's all him right. to keep what you got in the boat.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, I know this for a fact that Jeremy Garrett 100% advocates. Devontrell King-Williams. And, we, you know, I reported this during our recruiting th- thread that we had Saturday that Jeremy Garrett was around. He was trying to help out, trying to make sure the transition's smooth with everything. Um, wanted to talk to Jordan Crawford again. He had a really good relationship with him. So, you know, I, I think that he's kept them in the know really well and probably said, look, if you end up with Devontrell King-Williams, that's my guy. He's been with me several times. I wanted him to be my assistant, whereas some coaches may not want that. They may not want to, you know, they may not want to share that role. Jeremy Garrett shared it with him twice now. So he's—I guarantee you—he has talked to the defensive line commits and said, "Look, I, I 100% advocate for this guy." Now, on the other side of that coin, almost it does matter who you hire, but Auburn's in a situation where. They are desperate for defensive linemen, and whole oh, yeah. game is going to have to be there for that. N S H Little X A U B. Hearing anything new on the 2025 quarterback board? I have not. No, the only thing I would pass along is that, and it's a review. Really, it's not anything new. It's T J Latif is a guy that they're going to go see in California, and I'm very. I want to know how that how that works out. I want to see what the talk is. I'm going to catch back up with TJ. I already told him we talk again whenever you talk to coaches and you see them in person. They come see you, whatever. They come see you throw in practice, whatever the case is going to be. Um, I want to see what comes of that. I think there could be something there.
1: I, I think he's probably, of the names that are nationally ranked right now, probably the one that if Auburn can get a big-time quarterback, you know what I mean? We're talking about a blue-chip quarterback. He seems to be the most likely at this point, right? It, it, I'm not trying to to downplay our chances here, but with Juju Lewis, you're talking about somebody that's committed to USC, and everybody in, the US, everybody in the SEC is trying to flip him from SC. Like, I just – I don't see that as a favorable landscape for us right now. Your other top target that we've been on to this point, TJ K.J. Lacey committed to Texas. Obviously, Alabama's involved with him. That's a difficult road to hoe. One other name that I've been aware of that I've been tracking is Huson Longstreet from California. That's mm-hmm. a new name that um, that I've been looking at. And then I think there are a couple guys, I'm going to be honest with you, if they don't like what they see uh, from T.J. Lateef when they go out to California, you know, because that's the big thing to me. Do they like what they see when he throws? Because that's a huge thing for Hugh Freeze. I think there's one or two guys and and I don't want to put their name out there just yet, but that I'm tracking on that are not highly rated guys right now that I think they may bring into camp to come throw. Okay. But the guys I've watched their cut ups on and they've got they've got the tools for sure. So this may be like a Hank Brown type recruitment where you catch a guy that's not necessarily nationally known just yet, but you know, you're getting in on somebody that's got all the tools.
0: Millwood wants to know any positive news or momentum? Regarding the 2025 offensive lineman, talked about Javaris Dice being there on Saturday. I feel like Auburn's maybe making the best move with him, Cole. I think so. Yeah, that's how I've got it right now. i got Auburn with a slight lead with Tavares Dice. Um, he continues to say that he's going to take his time. But, look, I mean, Hollis Davidson told us he, all of his top seven were getting official visits, and that ain't, you know nothing's coming of that until that happens. And then he committed two days later. So you don't know. I mean, you don't know. This time of year, there's different kind of pushes being being made. Hey, if you commit now, you know all of this. So I I actually think that I think Auburn's the leader, and he wouldn't visit five times since September if there wasn't something there. Yeah, brings his family on Saturday. He tells us, you know, that was the that was the big deal. That was something I had to make happen is get them here, see the hospitality, see the way they treat me, and they loved it from what I understand. I really think Auburn's a team to beat there, and, and could be a resolution soon. Yeah. So that's positive because that guy is highly wanted. He he's a four-star guy. He's good. Okay, I, I love his film, J-Head. I think we've talked about that. We
1: very much so. Good feet. I, I think he's a tackle. Like I've watched him at least three or four different times now, and I think he's a tackle. I think he's yeah. got tackle feet. I think he's got tackle level athleticism. Obviously, I think he could slide in the guard if you need him to. I I don't know because of his height and his length if you're going to do that, but I think he's got some versatility there if you chose to. But he's, he's a big piece. Like, you want to get this one in the class sooner rather than later because it's just kind of a building block, right? Like, there were four guys that you walked out of that last junior day. He was one of them, and Quan Fagans was another one, Alvin Henderson was one, and Hollis Davidson was one. Well, now you've got one on the board of that group how do those dominoes fall for the other three? Because I think those could potentially be your next three commitments in the class.
0: Uh, speaking of next commitment potential, uh, Trooper Taylor's towel wants to know, is the door still open for Naeem offered the cornerback uh, who is from Parker, but he's committed to committed to Ohio state last week and any other DBs to keep keep track of other than Figgins? And uh, I think Cole had a guy, uh, is it Devin Jackson? Devin, Williams. Devin, Devin Williams. That's what I said. Yeah, so I would say the door is still open for offered. Probably not right now. It's going to be a while until Auburn can really get some sure. some tread back there. Um, he's he's solid to Ohio State, but look, I mean. We got a long way to go, guys, it, it, and that goes exactly the same for anybody committed to Auburn right now. Sure. Yes, you got to hold on to those guys, just like Ohio State's going to have to hold on to offered, and Auburn's not going anywhere with offered. Um, I, I reported, you know, Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge were pretty big in offered recruitment. Cadillac was actually the one that offered him. He was the area recruiter out on the road two years ago, maybe, and offered offered in mm-hmm. person, um, and, and even said, maybe you're a running back one day. We don't know. You're just an athlete that we've got to have. Uh, that's how far back it goes with offered. Well, those guys are gone now. So you're kind of starting over a little bit in that regard. Uh, you know, I think the NIL is always going to be there for offered when it comes to Auburn. It's a guy that they have way high up on the list. They think he's one of those top-tier guys. So I don't expect that to go away. I expect Auburn to be there. Um, but right now, Ohio State's going to be really hard to beat. And I agree. Yeah, I like I, where that fits for Devin Williams, by
1: the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the offered situation is Ohio State's a national power. I mean, they're gearing up for a national title type run, and so for Auburn to land a prospect of his caliber, I think they're going to have to show him some development on the field this year. Like, I think Auburn had a lot of juice when Naheem offered, probably around New Mexico State game, and then yeah. you lose three straight. And the buzz isn't – I mean, look, Auburn's – he freezes in no jeopardy being fired. I'm not trying to say that. But the buzz around Auburn, think about it. If you win any one of those three games, how different the buzz is around Auburn or the perception. If you win two of those games, how different it is about Auburn. And perception matters, guys. Like perception of you being on the incline as opposed to the decline matters in these kind of recruitments, specifically for high-profile players like himself. So – I'm with you, I think, because of the proximity to home, Auburn will stay relevant in this recruitment. But this is one I think you're going to have to show some progress on the field for you really to get into it and or an NIL deal that's just like three times what Ohio State's offering, if we're being honest.
0: Yeah. Uh, there, There was actually a point in time in the fall, last fall, with Zach and Cadillac where they thought he was really close to committing. Mm-hmm. But keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. I, I do I think I might have even had a story ready to go at one point. But uh, certainly, like Cole said, I don't. I don't see anything in the immediate future. It's going to be one of those late guys that they can flip him. It's going to be late. Uh, let's see. All right, Cone twenty four. David Cone. Remember David Cone from the Mets? Yeah, I do. Hell of a pitcher, baby. He was Hell also of a pitcher with the Yankees, dude. Oh yeah, sure was. Uh, if you had to pick one twenty twenty five prospect to sign on each side of the ball, who would they be and why? Um, mm. I've all right. Well, who's the biggest? Is it Travis Dice? Is it Micah Debose? Because I want to. I want a big dog lineman.
1: Josh Petty is one. Josh Petty. There's a kid out of Kansas. That's, that's an also an offensive tackle um, that I'm that I'm watching, but it's an offensive tackle. What, pick one. I, I'm with you. Micah Debose. Josh Petty. One of those for sure. Defensive side of the ball. Cole, who you got?
0: Um, it's, it's gotta be, it's, it's either, let's go Anquan Fagans. Okay. I'm just really high on him, man. I think he's very good. If it's, it's one of him or Zion Grady or Andrew Maddox. Those are the three I was thinking.
1: Cole, watching him in that state championship game, his change of direction, his speed and athleticism. The football IQ. I mean, he made plays all over the field in that game. I mean, it was just unreal what he was able to do from that field safety position. To, position.
0: That's, that, to me, that's what stands out about him is the football IQ. That He knows exactly where to be. He had like – I don't know how many picks he had, but he had a bunch. And it's because he's just in the right place. But he's also, you know, he's also just – Elite. No, I just think he's an elite player.
1: Two in that game. And he wasn't playing against a scrub quarterback or scrub wide receivers in that game. I mean, we're talking about Cam Coleman and, you know, yep. Dylan Upshaw. Is it not Dylan Upshaw? Is it?
0: Dylan Upshaw. Dylan
1: Upshaw and then Gentry.
0: There we go. And Dylan Gentry, yeah. Yeah. There we go.
1: Combine the names.
0: <laughs> Speaking of big offensive linemen, uh, let's see. Cliffs Dwellers, 91. Any news on Carday Smith from Williamson? Haven't heard his name in a while. You know, I checked up on this kid. Um, we haven't heard his name in a while. Uh, he, But he does say his top three list is Auburn, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. Now, this was last week. Hell, it was uh, ten days ago. He okay. had, he told our Mississippi State guy, Paul Jones, that his top three were uh, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there was anything. Uh, end of the season commitment. I still have Mississippi State, Auburn, and Tennessee as my top schools, but Mississippi State is definitely number one right now. That was what he said 10 days ago. So there's your latest on Carday Smith. I would expect him to be one of those guys who comes in in the spring, probably yeah. going to take multiple visits to Auburn before the season starts. I, I think they'll go see him in the spring and evaluate, and then they'll have him in for summer camp and really take a hard look at him. Because I don't think he's a, a gung ho like a Tavares Dice, where they're like, gotta have him. Cardi Smith's right on that line. They like him. They're gonna recruit him, but wanna see him some more, too.
1: The
0: skipper's making his appearance.
1: Look at that pup. Yeah, look at
0: him. <laughs> you wanna get on TV? You wanna get on TV? Yeah. I mean, get off of me, Dole. <laughs> <laughs> M.P. Bagwell, how do we feel about C.J. May? It's a good question. C.J. May, the uh, outside linebacker, rush in from Highland Home, the flying squadron, decommitted from Notre Dame. He is the teammate of J.J. Falk, who was committed to Auburn. And if you'd have asked me six months ago, I would have probably had C.J. May in a mock class if I was going to put one together that early. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what do you think about that, J-Head? What do you think about him decommitting from Notre Dame? Um, Cole, you all jump in here.
1: I don't – you know, I don't know. I haven't heard C.J. May's name a lot at Auburn, you know, and maybe that's because he's been committed to Notre Dame. I honestly don't know. When I watch his tape, I feel like he's going to be a natural five tech at the next level. Like he's – to me, he's not athletic enough to play that buck position because that's what they're going to call it. It's not going to be Jack. It's going to be Buck. I found that out the the other day. The
0: Buck's coming back. Someone said they were going to be the Buck. I I think it was Anthony Jones who told us that.
1: That's right. Um, they're using Will Muschamp's terminology. That's who DJ Durkin, you know, kind of cut his teeth oh, yeah. over there at Florida, so that makes sense. But I don't think he's athletic enough to be able to drop the way you need to at that position and or be a premier pass rusher. I think he's got the frame to add the kind of size to play at two sixty five, two seventy. Can he add that kind of weight? I don't know. I, I think he's the kind of guy, just like you mentioned with Cardi Smith Cole, you go evaluate him in the spring. Uh, you bring him in for camp. What do his hips look like then? What does his change of direction look like then? His speed, acceleration, first step, quickness. You know, you get all those things in person. When you can see it in camp and you know how he's being coached, then you feel a little bit differently about him by just watching him on tape evaluation. But he's not a guy to me right now that you're knocking down his door to get him. Again, right. this is my assessment. This is not what anybody at Auburn telling me. But I haven't heard his name a whole lot. How about you, Cole?
0: Uh, I totally agree. That, I like that phrase, and I used that for Bradley Shaw last year. It does not feel like Auburn's knocking down the door trying to get to him. Right. Now, it does feel like that with Tavar Stice. Um, You know, it does feel like that with Zion Grady, some of these other guys. I don't feel that way with C.J. May, and, I, and it's not personal. I think they like C.J. May, and I do think they're going to watch him very closely and go, maybe he is somebody. And, and if they do, ever do decide that, I, I think he's probably going to Auburn. That's what yeah. it feels like to me. Now I and I forgot to fa- I failed to mention that JJ Falk was also at Auburn over the weekend and pretty much reaffirmed his commitment to Auburn to us. Um, you know, that's what he said in the interview. Anyway. After visiting he visited Florida State the week before, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I right. tell you what, you want to know what a prototypical buck looks like.
0: Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Look,
1: put on his highlights and watch that first step quickness of him coming off the edge. He I mean
0: Yeah, he can play.
1: He can play, man. He he can play.
0: Let's see, uh, CD craft 4 do any of you have any specific names that might be good to look out for uh, the 2025 basketball class?
1: Yeah. Get it, Jeffrey.
0: Dude, when I say Bruce Pearl and staff are swinging for the fences in this 2025 class, they are swinging for the fences. Of all the guys that have been visiting from the 2025 class, most of them the large majority of them are dogs. I mean, like top 25 players. Uh, Bryson Tiller is coming in for the Iron Bowl of Basketball Wednesday night. He has already been in here September, back in September. Malik Thomas is a five-star. Caleb Wilson is a five-star. Um, uh, what's his name that's going to come in March? Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. It's a Dibetsta. So he's the number one over, AJ Dibance, the number one overall player in the country is coming for an official visit March the 2nd, first weekend in March. Uh, Jasper Johnson is another guy, number 12 overall player in the country. Bryson Tiller is the number nine overall player in the country. Malik Thomas is the number six overall player in the country. Caleb Wilson is the number four overall player in the country. So you've got, I think I just mentioned four or five of the top 12 players in the country visiting. That's unheard of at Auburn. Even in, even in past recruiting classes, the 2025 class is stacked. Overtime elite uh, over in Atlanta is stacked. Uh, so they're getting these guys and they're getting them in. They got them in back there in the fall. They're going to get them in back uh, for official visits in the spring. So go uh, go check out that basketball visitor list um, on our on our website, and it'll, it'll it'll kind of show you what these guys are swinging for, and and it damn sure ain't triples.
1: No, and I think they know what kind of team they have this year, and they're leveraging that with these guys, basically saying, hey, this is a Sweet 16 team, but with you, it's a national caliber championship-type team, and we've got the NIL to make sure that you're compensated for coming here.
0: Mm. So go look at the top 15 players in the country, and half of them Auburn's in on and getting to visit. I'll say, cheat up! You'd up, 339. What, 2024 signee on offense outside of Cam Coleman? You can't say Cam Coleman. He's the easy pick, apparently. And on defense, do you see making the biggest impact for the 2024 season? The Biggest impact on offense and defense. 2024 signee technically includes transfers, but let's don't go there.
1: Yeah, I, I think Transf- that's Transfers fair.
0: will be easy. Uh, I think we hit this one time before, not too long ago. I think the easy answer was Cam Coleman on offense. If it's not Cam Coleman, we threw out Seth Wilford's name. We threw oh Bryce Kane. Yeah, Bryce. I'm gonna stick with my same answer. I'm gonna go Perry Thompson. I know he's not there yet. Perry Thompson. I'm just telling you, I think he's that guy. Um, so I'll go with him on offense, and then on defense, Jamalie Waller.
1: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a sneaky one here on offense. I'm gonna go with Seth Wilford. Okay. He, I don't he, count him out. Don't count him out. I think he's going to be a two deep guy. If there's an injury, I think he's somebody that steps in as a starter for you. He may not have the same level of impact uh, to start with. The Perry Thompson. I think he's got a shot to be a starter for you, and definitely in your two deep. And then he, the other one is Amaris Williams. I, I think that you guy. Go. I think he has a chance to be in the two deep, and every bit is important. Um, as Jemonte Waller. Like, I think those are the two in this class that are going to play early, and I'm with you, Cole, on that one. I, I, I'm 100%. He's going to have to. Like, yeah, out of, out of necessity, Jamonte Waller's got to play early.
0: Would y'all be surprised if DJ Barber's the first of this linebacker group? I'm not counting the edges. No. I'm not counting Waller or Amaris Williams. But of the linebacker group, would you be surprised if DJ Barber's the first one off the field? Off Absolute. the sideline. No, Absolutely no. Football. not. Football IQ. I think that takes you a long way as, an, as a young guy. He's my sneaky guy to slide into that PT. I like it.
1: I think he you do. I mean,
0: Jayhead, you know why Seth Wilford is sneaky and it, it not just that's a good pick because the O line room, it's kind of hard to imagine somebody that just came in because it's set up pretty well right now and mm-hmm. recruited well. All of that. It looks good. The O line room actually looks good for the first time in a while. But. I would not count out Seth Wilford. I think that's a good pick. Okay, that's uh, all right. Let's see. EMJ deuces. How many 2025 tight ends do we do we plan on taking? Do we maybe we were talk? Did we talk about this on the show or before the show? We, we,
1: we did at the beginning of the show.
0: Okay, so we yeah. think we think at least one more. So um, EMJ, we're thinking three. One one the the other one being a JUCO or an older guy, uh, a non high school freshman put it that yeah. way, or not a high school senior. Uh, big Blue AU MK2, outside of Jeremy Garrett, which coaching departure would you say had the biggest impact on Auburn's 2025 class? Ooh. So far. Now, at the end of the week, at the end of the day, a good question, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to have a big impact either way, but I do think Zach Etheridge leaving. Uh, yeah. Probably, uh, you think about the kid who just decommitted.
1: I'm gonna give you Travon Williams. I mean Trevon Reed. Uh I, I'll see your see your Zach and I'll give you Travon.
0: Oh well that's where he went.
1: Yep, he went to UCF. Reddick. Yep.
0: Who else left?
1: Uh you had Cadillac. obviously Ron Roberts left, Cadillac Williams left, Philip Montgomery left, um, Carnell and Trevon.
0: Yeah, it's either Trevon or Zach. I think so. I'm gonna go way crazy here. I'm gonna say Ron Roberts, but my reason is because he, for some reason, felt like they were set at Edge, and I just don't agree with that. I feel like they need more, and I think that affects your 2025 class. And you're trying to build that room up now. I think you got to get guys in the portal for Edge right now.
1: I agree. Well, I think it affects your 2024 class as much as it affects your 2025. I'm with you, Cole. Like I, I I remember in a positive way. Yeah.
0: I, I took the question maybe a little differently. Than yeah. You know, the effects. To me, that affects it. Like, you're almost, you're not in scramble mode exactly, but you're in a weird transition there where you're like, all right, hey, actually, we do need some more edges. I don't think we have enough.
1: Yeah. I remember mean, me and you having a private conversation. You're like, yeah, I don't think they're going to take another edge. I'm like, really? <laughs> well, they why? weren't. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, if you were telling me the truth, and I was like, why? They think they're set. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah, J Had and I were looking at that negatively. Cole was trying to remain positive. Here. <laughs> uh K Rob underscore sixteen. Latest news on Dontrell Glover. Uh yes, Cole. Yeah, let me let me address that. So I just reported that Dontrell Glover is possible. Um someone, you know, sources um indicated that it was possible Auburn was in the lead for Dontrell Glover. I know he just talked about several other schools that did not include Auburn, but I, I tell you what, I'm going to stay with what I said. Um I think that Auburn's very high for Dontrell Glover. Now, what if, let me ask you, what if Tavares Dice does jump in the boat with Auburn? That's his teammate, a guy that they visit together a lot. I do think that's going to happen. So, uh with that, and the fact that we just talked to Dontrell Glover at an Auburn visit not too long ago, I do think Auburn's in good shape um, with Don Glover. Maybe they're not first, but that's what I'm hearing. So that's what I went with when I reported that. Um, hey, uh, go ahead and finish, Cole. That's it. Okay. I was going to update everybody. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. It was just announced that Von King-Williams, as we talked about earlier, has been named the defensive line coach at Auburn. Brian Stoltz uh, from AuburnSports.com reporting the news. So everything we talked about earlier in the show – Valid. I mean, you know, we've already talked about him and, and, and what he would mean for this class uh, and, and that position. So good but for he, him, man.
1: Stoltz ripping off my material. He just named G- in the long lineage of Jeremy Garrett, Freddie Roach, Trey Scott, and Chris Kiffin. Like he, he, he was listening to my podcast.
0: He's like, he's like Facebook. They listen to you, man. even that's when it, you don't man. have it on.
1: He had yeah. some Chinese secrets going on over there.
0: Yeah, that's why. That's why I had to quit my space. <laughs> Uh, Trey Belt wants to know, who's your realistic number one target for the 2025 class? Number one realistic overall target. Realistic. I like that word, Trey. Realistic. I, I mean, it's going to be one of our – we mentioned our top o- offensive guys and top defensive guys. It's got to be one of those guys. For me, mm, it's going to be an offensive tackle. So, Trey uh, – shit, what was the – not Michael DeBose. Who's the other guy you mentioned? Lars Dice. Or – Josh Petty. Josh Petty. One of those three, that would be mine. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go with Mike. Go ahead, Cole. I'm sorry.
0: We failed to mention Eric Winters when we were talking about the – Sure did. I just thought about that. He came to mind for that question, which is funny enough. That's one that I'm thinking of for sure. He's
1: a big one. I I tell you what, uh, the biggest want for me, it it obviously – Jeffrey's already said offensive line. It's bad podcasting for me to go with that. So I'm going to go with Colin Deer. That's my number one. Ooh, I think you need a running like back it. in this class. I like it. So okay. to play devil's advocate, you, you got to have one. I think he's a really good one. Um, that would be my number one want in this class.
0: Get you know getting Alvin Henderson would almost be like a man. You finally got over that hump. Like it's just been there the whole time, and, and you haven't been able to get him. And then if you get him, it's like, oh man, whoo, got him. You know. So I'm almost thinking Alvin Henderson in in that regard understandable BVP. walker white was the twenty 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 four 2024 class this is a good question because i think we have an answer after saturday T- walker white was the 2024 class catalyst this past year who do you think will be the cat class catalyst for this 2025 class we talked about malik ultra we talked about jordan crawford uh but we got to see ryan g and he he he, he gave me a lot of walker white vibes um talking to him saturday he had he even had the walker white au pinned uh he did and uh, pinned it <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, the necklace. Right. Uh, and he was going to get hollis in one if he committed, and he was going to get, you know, so he kind of gave me the Walker White vibes. Now, turning uh, in a different way, Jordan Crawford, Malik Autry have been a little outspoken uh, on social media. So one of those three guys would be my – they would be my nominees, let's put it that way. Yeah. Those
1: are
0: good ones. Let's see. Augustus McRae. Oh, man. Oh, is that taking me. Augustus. Mm. This little Captain called, told him as he died. <laughs> it's been quite a party, ain't it? <laughs> Augustus McCray wants to know pick your all time starting five players under Bruce Pearl. This is a good one to go out on. This is a good one to go out on. Starting
1: five all time. Mine? Who
0: would it have to include, j Head? Who's okay. your point guard?
1: Jared Harper, for me, point, point guard, guard number one. Going
0: Doc Robinson.
1: But is he not, he's not under Bruce Pearl, though. Pearl. Oh, under <laughs> Pearl. Oh, then, yes, then yeah. Jared Harper. Oh, man. He's <laughs> I, I,
0: all-time starting five. Bruce Pearl's been there like eight years.
1: I was going to say, you're giving me like uh, some Cliff Ellis. Advice, <laughs> no, I was going it?
0: back, big dog. Mama I know, big dog. I know. I mean, give me some.
1: But Jared Harper for me at the point.
0: Yeah, yeah. man, just take that Final Four team
1: and go from one. there.
0: Yeah, go from there.
1: It was, it was a good one. Uh, at the two, I'm going to go with Bryce Brown. I can't get away from sure. that one. At the three, give me my small forward that was a top ten pick. What's the kid's name?
0: It was either Okoro or um, – Yep,
1: Isaac Okoro. Well,
0: there's your, there's your final four, three, and then put in yep. uh, Walker Kessler maybe.
1: Yep, Walker Kessler at the five, Jabari Smith at the four.
0: Yep, there you we, go.
1: With Chuma Kiki coming off the bench.
0: I'd say, Chuma's got to be in there somewhere.
1: He is, man, and I love Chuma. It, if it, it look if there's no Jabari, Chuma's a slam dunk to be in that starting lineup. But being that they played the same position, yeah. that's tough, man.
0: Man, tough. I thought that team should have went farther than they did. The Jabari and Walker. Those, those for me, that's no question. Your four and five are Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Yes. Year one is Jared Harper. He was the best point guard. Year two was Bryce Brown. He, Bryce Brown. He's the best shooting guard Auburn's had under Pearl. And then really the only thing open for debate is, is it Okoro or is it um, – who, I mean, who was the three? Okoro.
1: You, could, you could argue Samir Dowdy should be in there. You
0: could yeah, argue. but you just named – you wasn't Okoro.
1: It was, uh, oh, you're talking about Chuma Kiki. You could put him at the three. You could argue that.
0: Yeah.
1: First-round pick to the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's I, see what
0: Zach says. Zach's got uh, Harper, Brown, Chuma, Jabari, and Kessler. Okay, uh, which is I think what you had no you had uh a coro.
1: Yep, I had so that, that's
0: the only that's the only the three spots the only one really up for debate. I, mean, I guess I they all so. are, but
1: yeah, I cool. mean and you could even you could layer a 2D because I tell you what, and he gets forgotten for playing at Auburn, but Davion Mitchell would be I mean, look Yeah. He was a hell of a player. I know Bruce didn't want to lose him, especially yeah. to a coach that came on campus to recruit him off your team.
0: Um that's fighting for Sharif at the one.
1: Okay. I was I, gonna ask,
0: no, if if not Jared Harper, who would be the point guard? Sharif. Could,
1: Harper. It's Davion Mitchell to me. Now he oh, didn't yeah, stay he Auburn long. Enough. Yeah, yeah he, he didn't stay I, here long enough. But I'm taking Davion over Sharif. He was really like the body good. better.
0: I don't know if they would even. Y'all might laugh at me.
1: And no, was, go I, ahead.
0: He was underrated to me. I felt like he was very very good at Auburn. It was Javon McCormick?
1: No, he was excellent. I thought
0: he was, he was good.
1: Dude, so I was, I, was he a JUCO guy? Yes, like with no offers. Yeah, He had one other power five offer. I think it was like Iowa State or something. And he came down here, dude, and it was just ice cold at times. We'd like down the stretch when you had to have a bucket, JGR McCormick could go get it, man. I remember that game against Tennessee. He hit like three threes in a row, just like coming down and just
0: bloop. Now was he, the, was he Jared Harper's backup on that Final Four team?
1: Yes, he was. He was Jerry sure Harper's was. backup on that team, and then he was the starter the next year when him and Samir were kind of running that, that group. They got real hot down the stretch um, and beat Tennessee to end the regular season and were slated, I think, the two or the three seed going into the SEC tournament, and then they canceled everything due to COVID. Like that would,
0: would you have Janai uh, backing up Jabari or Walker? If we're going to go 10 deep.
1: Backing up Walker, he's re, he's your backup center. Um, that's why I got Okiki at the four as the backup four. Okay. My backup three.
0: And I love the underrated guys. I, I my mind keeps going to Anthony Macklemore. Like he deserves a mention somewhere. Hey. Yeah,
1: you got Anthony Macklemore, <laughs> Horace Spencer, um, Daniel Purifoy. Pure you got boy. some got you got some guys mixed in there. Like we forgot about Austin Wiley. Is Austin Wiley? I didn't he, forget. <laughs> well, see,
0: I, now, look, Jay. I'm going to put Janai behind uh, Jabari, and I'm going to put Austin behind Walker.
1: Okay, and then you could slide Chuma down to the three to fight mm-hmm. it out with Okoro. Mm-hmm. I hear you on that, and then have Samir at the two, mm-hmm. and then you, your pick. And look, let's not forget about Mustafa Heron either. He was probably going to be my backup three.
0: He was good. He was good. Oh, man, KT Harrell's access.
1: KT was Harrell, good? yeah. Bruce? You- yeah. He, well, he was that last year. You remember he got hot against LSU in the SEC tournament, beat them to win, and they won three straight in the SEC tournament.
0: He's probably the next best pure shooter after Bryce Brown.
1: I would agree with that for sure. Who? KT
0: Harrell. Oh, KT Harrell. Wasn't yeah.
1: he an in-state guy? Yeah, he was. At From he like played at Brew Baker Academy or Brew Baker Tech, something like that. Dream Canny
0: was on that team. Zach says, yeah. But man, they're they've been.
1: He's like,
0: talent, dude. He Bruce Pauls had this. Yes. Used to do this every time he scored.
1: Yeah, he said it's time, baby. It's time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like that guy. He was he was counting the steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's do some how about yous, man. And uh, ended up, wrap it up, wrap it up. I've got
1: four. Okay, I got two. Go ahead, uh, BW, because he made me just like. I got I to gotta show you guys the thread, but he like basically doubled me over with some smart-ass comment that he made Locked that literally I almost died after he, after I read it. Okay. Um, and then the other one's Mandingo warrior for his, you know, the the love he put behind Von trail King waves. He was like, die hard. We got to get Rodney back, got to get Rodney back. And then when it started to turn today in the news that it was going to be Von trail, he said, you know what? Give this young fellow a chance. Like, you know what I mean? Like I thought, that was a very measured response from him, from somebody as opposed to like the "What the hell, man? We didn't get Rodney. This is yeah. bullshit." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm planning on getting this demonetized. This episode, Zach. By the it, way, it, so you can just bleep it, me out. He was,
0: he was, uh, he was giving you reason to. He was promoting
1: it. Yeah, he
0: was, he
1: was promoting finding the him. positives,
0: like Cole would.
1: There you go, finding the positives, not dwelling on the negative.
0: CP, what you got? Um, uh, yeah, my my three. This week are more like, not so much guys that made me laugh, but more like, hey, I appreciate you. There you go. Sidelines. It's just sidelines. Okay. Slack daddy. Slack daddy. Slack daddy. One one, one word? Yeah, one word. I think you had bashed him a couple weeks ago. No, that was hag daddy. Hey, big difference. There you go. And then uh, number three is Harley Tiger. Harley Space Tiger. That's a
1: good one, man. Make that times two for me. For all me. right. I like Harley. All right,
0: I'm That's going it. with, uh, how about you to the night man, Cameth?
1: <laughs> he had some <laughs> funny stuff this week. Yeah.
0: Oh, man, he body bagged.
1: <laughs> he body
0: bagged somebody. I'll just leave it at that. He did uh, with,
1: with toe tags on it, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how about you the three mahogany at symbol? How about, he, he, he loves the show, listens all the time. Appreciate you, big dog. How about you to E-Moss for the Shepherds? Yes. Pi man? Love that. How about you? And how about you to Madison Academy offensive lineman Reese Baker? Yes. How about that you, Reese Baker? Fair. Did we make it through the show without mentioning Reese Baker? We did, but I wasn't going to let it. I am going to come in there late. Bro, Bro, you had to. Reese Baker signed with Tulane today. Um, you know, we didn't even mention today's signing day. No. Yeah. It never crossed my mind. Even when I woke up this
1: morning, I was like, Oh, what do I need to do today? <laughs> The signing day. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. No. Uh, Jamarian Burnett signed with Houston. Yep. And J- Jaden Lewis signed with Tulane.
0: Thomas, uh, Demetrius Nicholas signed with Maryland. Yep. yep. So these are all former Auburn commitments. But for the backstory on Reese Baker, this is a true story. He was coming to Big Cat Weekend last summer. Auburn was ready to take his commitment. He came up sick and just disappeared off the map and reappeared on signing day, signing with Tulane. He is a Corner legend. When he yes. visited Auburn, he had just been on a trip to Tulane, and I think that was it. That's that all was it is. And we're done. And Cole, Cole's been saying that since then. This could be a kid that doesn't even play college football. He he wants to go to school. I said he's very academic oriented. The family's very academic oriented. And so it wasn't surprising to me to see him go to a, a, yep. a
1: Tulane a Medical School. It it has a medical school and a law school. I mean, you're talking about one of the most prestigious universities uh, in the southeast. Tulane is very well uh, thought of. And I think it's a Jesuit university, I believe. I I think. Maybe I'm wrong on that.
0: But very rare these days for a kid to pick a university academics over an SEC football. But good for Reese Baker. He is a different dude.
1: Good, Good to see him. him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love I mean, to see that.
1: I mean, make fun. You know, we, we all made fun of the situation, or I did anyway. I'm not going to speak for you too, but I made fun of the situation. Well,
0: we made fun of that.
1: Not, not him. We didn't make fun no. of him.
0: It was the situation.
1: Exactly the, the situation. Was, but, but and how like,
0: people responded to the situation. The fans, right. the corner folks. You know, it was. Uh, it's just the the fact that the freshman all American taxes <laughs> You. They would melt down. We had to start the process with the Reese Baker because we know that Auburn likes him and they're going to push for him. And then, boom, he's gone. It's like, what? Yeah. We we both had predictions in, and I mean, yeah. it was it was a, 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 a rare, it was an oddity, an enigma. Not is it an enigma. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah, enigma's right. That okay. works. <laughs>
0: Uh, so anyways, how about you to the Nightman Cameth, Three Mahogany, Emos, Reese Baker, B.W., Mandingo, Sideline, Slack Daddy, Harley Tiger times two. How about you? We appreciate everybody. Hey, uh, PSA, Sunday night is the Super Bowl. We've got conflict of plans that night, so we're just going to cancel the show, the call-in show. We're not going to cancel the whole thing, but that night we're not going to be broadcasting live. Tell everybody about it. Uh, we will be back February the 18th, which is the Sunday week from now. So not this Sunday. We're not going to have a show, Super Bowl Sunday, but we'll be back the following week for the call-in show. And uh, we'll 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 try to get the word out so everybody is uh, informed. Um, all right, that's going to do it, man. Fantastic show. We appreciate all the questions. Certainly appreciate all the questions. Giving us something to talk about during this slow time. Y'all keep locked on to Auburn Live on 3 for all the recruiting information. Also, if um, if you haven't already, get signed up for Auburn um, for Auburn Fresh for Hello Fresh. Use that promo code Auburn Live <clears throat> free uh, for your free breakfast from HelloFresh.com. That's gonna do it, folks. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody watching for Cole, for Jay, for Zach in the back. I'm Jeffrey man. Y'all stay in that left lane. See ya. Step into the world of power and loyalty.